can be seated. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7. I'm going to be using the Message Bible today. And so uh, that will be up on the screen for you. And so um, I, I don't know if anyone uses the Message version, but we're going to use that one today. Now you're welcome certainly to read along in your Bibles. I'd encourage that. If you need a Bible, we have some New King James versions here. You can raise your hand. Our ushers will be glad to loan you one of ours for this service. But I'm going to use the Message Bible today. Let's look at 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7. God said to Samuel, and I'll go ahead and give them a moment to get that up on the screen. God said to Samuel, Looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed with his looks. See, God had Samuel, who was a prophet, had him go over to this man named Jesse's house. Jesse was this fella, and he had many sons, several sons. And and God told Samuel to go over there and to anoint you know, with oil, anoint the next king of Israel. So Samuel went over there, and Samuel began to look at Jesse's sons. And Samuel, being a human being, was very impressed by the way uh, some of them looked, their outward appearance. And, uh, and so Samuel was going to choose, like the first fellow that came up there, uh, Eliab, I think, was his name, and Samuel looked at him, and he very, you know, uh, uh, impressive-looking outwardly, and he was going to choose him, and 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 God said no, and then a couple of the other boys came up in front of Samuel, and and God said no because Samuel was going by the outward appearance, and God says to Samuel, "Looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed with his looks and stature." I've already eliminated him. Now notice this. God judges persons differently than humans do. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face or look at the outward. God looks into the heart. God looks in to the heart. Human beings look at the outward appearance, but God looks into the heart. God judges persons differently than humans do. Now today, being Mother's Day, I want to talk about a beautiful woman. I want to talk about a beautiful woman. Now listen, God judges persons differently than human beings do. You know, if God were going to be the judge at the Miss America contests or the Miss Universe contests that have gone on over the last many years, if God were going to be the judge, do you realize that probably most all of the women that have become Miss America or Miss Universe would not have been crowned Miss America or Miss Universe? Do you realize that? Did you hear me? Did you get what I just said there? How many, how many is here today? Are you there? You understand? Now listen carefully. If God were the judge, and how many of you know his vote is the only one that counts? Is that right? 
if he were judging, if he had been the judge at, you know, uh, the last, over, ever since they started having these beauty contests, uh, Miss America, Miss Universe, or whatever it is, you need to realize, okay, that most, all of those women probably would have never been chosen by God as the most beautiful. Because you see, God does not look at the outward. He looks at the inward. So today, being Mother's Day, we're going to look at the beautiful woman. What, what is a beautiful woman? What does a beautiful woman look like? And let's look from the, at the Bible at some of the characteristics that God says makes a woman beautiful. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, again in the Message Bible. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. The Holy Spirit says through Peter here, the same goes for you wives. So he had been talking about husbands and men, fathers, whatnot. And we'll get to men on Father's Day. So we're talking, we're centering in on the ladies today. But notice what he said, says here, the same goes for you wives. Be good wives to your husbands. Be good wives to your husbands. Responsive to their needs. See, a beautiful woman in God's eyes is a, is a, is a woman who's going to be responsive to her husband's needs. There are husbands who, now watch this, there are husbands who, indifferent as they may, or as different as they are to any words about God, will be captivated by your life of holy beauty. Real loud, say holy beauty. beauty. One more time, say holy beauty. beauty. See, there's a holy beauty, and that's an inward thing. External beauty. Beauty is not what God is concerned about. He's looking at holy beauty. That's what counts. And what the Bible is telling us here is that you can have some husbands who are just godless, heathens. They don't love God. They don't want to go to church. They don't want to serve God. And what the Bible is telling us here that a a beautiful woman who has holy beauty, just by that holy beauty... Being around her husband, just, you know, not even preaching at him or, you know, hitting him over the head with the Bible and all of that. But just by her holy beauty will captivate him and will be a leading cause into him perhaps repenting and coming to Jesus. Notice again what the Bible says. Uh, Let's just read that whole, whole verse again. Verse 1. The same goes for you wives. Be good wives to your husbands. Responsive to their needs. And there are husbands who, indifferent as they are to any words about God, will be captivated by your life of holy beauty. Verse 3. What matters is not your outer appearance. What matters is not your outer appearance. The styling of your hair, the jewelry you wear, the cut of your clothes, 
See, what matters is not, not your outer appearance, but look at verse 4. What does matter is your inner disposition. Your inner disposition. Cultivate inner beauty. Cultivate inner beauty. The gentle, gracious kind that God delights in. I've seen a whole lot of women over the years that would, of course, win the Miss America contest, outwardly looking at them, but inwardly they were very ugly. Is God looking at the outward or is he looking at the inward? He's looking at the inward. You don't go by what it looks like on the outside. You go by what it looks like on the inside. Look at verse 4. Cultivate inner beauty. The gentle, gracious kind that God delights in. See, that's what's important to God. That's what needs to be important to us. Notice verse 5. The holy women of old were beautiful before God that way. The holy women of old were beautiful before God that way. What, what, What does it mean? They were gentle. They were gracious. They were kind. They had a holy inner beauty. And that's what made them beautiful to God. The holy women of old were beautiful before God that way and were good, loyal wives to their husbands. See, God looks for loyalty. That's something that comes from the inside. Notice verse 6, Sarah, that was a lady in the Old Testament. She was married to Abraham. Notice Sarah, for instance, taking care of Abraham. She took care of her husband. Taking care of Abraham would address him as my dear husband. My dear husband. See, that's beautiful in God's sight when a wife can say, I, you know, my husband is very dear. My dear husband. That's how Sarah addressed him. My dear husband. You'll be true daughters of Sarah if you do the same. Unanxious and unintimidated. I think that's important to be in there. Because Sarah didn't say my dear husband because she was anxious or nervous. In other words, Abraham was a good husband. He didn't. He, he didn't rule with a rod of iron in his house and intimidate Sarah where she was shaken and nerves and, you know, and, and that she had to respect him. He was a good man. And she was submitted to her husband. You know, we talk much about wives being submitted to their husbands, but you know what? We as husbands need to give our wives something to, good to submit to. Do you hear me? Because a lot of men want to rule their house. They want their wives to respect them. But it's like the one day the husband said to the wife, he slammed his hand down and he said, Woman, submit to me. And she said, Well, give me something to submit to and I will. So, you know, we as husbands need to be gracious and loving and kind. And, and, then, and then as a result, we'll be able to see our wife's true beauty as she respects us unanxiously and unintimidated. Real loud say unintimidated. Unintimidated. Amen. Praise God. So we're just looking here at some characteristics of a beautiful woman. 
Let's go to Proverbs 31. Let's turn there. Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. And in Proverbs 31, the verses we're going to read, we're going to read several verses here again from the Message Bible, really sums up, really sums up what God thinks a beautiful woman is. Now, we've already looked at some things, but let's go through some of these verses here and uh, see what God, you know, continue to look at what God thinks a beautiful woman is. Look at Proverbs 31, verse 10. First of all, a good woman is what? Hard to find. And that's true. A good woman is hard to find. A good woman is hard to find. And worth far more than diamonds. See, if you find a good woman, she's worth far more than diamonds. Her husband trusts her without reserve. See, if, 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 if a woman can be trusted by her husband, then God says she's beautiful. See, my wife, I, I, I trust her completely. Um, when I was a kid growing up, I was concerned that I would be able to find a wife that would be faithful to me and that I would be able to trust. And that was a concern of mine growing up because I had seen so many, uh, you know, marriages that were troubled and, you know, the husband couldn't really trust the wife. And when he was at work, who knows what she'd be doing. And, and I was concerned about that, but I found a, a good wife. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And obtains favor from the Lord. And the Lord's favored me because I have found a good wife. And she's more precious to me than diamonds. And I trust her. And because I can trust her, see, God says she's beautiful. And I trust her without reserve. And never has, look at verse 11, and never has reasons to regret it. One thing's for sure, when I'm away from the house or whatever I'm doing, I don't ever have to worry about my wife being unfaithful. If somebody came and told me, said, you know what, your wife was unfaithful to you, I'd call you a liar, and then we'd get into a fight, and I'd win. (laughs) Amen? Because I trust her without reserve. She never flirts. With other men. Never. 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 If somebody came and told me your wife was flirting, I'd call you a liar. We'd get into a fight and I'd win. (laughs) Did you hear me? She's faithful. I trust her without reserve. And I trust her not just in, 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 you know, flirting with other men or that kind of thing. But I trust her in every area. Every area. Every single area, I trust my wife. Look at verse 12, talking about a godly woman, what God calls beautiful in a woman. Never, she's never spiteful. She treats her husband generously all her life long. Generously all her life long. She shops, no, she shops around for the best yarns and cottons and enjoys knitting and sewing. 
Well, now, we're going to read some things as we go on in this list that not every woman may do. You, you may not enjoy knitting or sewing. or So I, I don't want you to think that if you don't do everything in this list that you're not beautiful to God. It's just, it's, you know, you may do some things that's not on this list, you know, that God finds beautiful. So this is not a comprehensive list. Say amen. But, you know, uh, you get the point here. But she shops around for the best yarns and cottons. Now, one thing I'll say about my wife that makes her beautiful to me and beautiful to the Lord is she's always looking for a good deal. She's always looking to save money. I remember uh, when we first got married, uh, she would always have her coupon cutting day. And she'd get the papers and she'd cut the coupons. I say, what in the world are you doing? And she, I mean, she, in fact, I don't know if any of you, anyone else does this, but my wife has a little box, a little uh, coupon box, like, like a recipe where you'd keep your recipes. And in that box, she has all the different coupons and they're class, she's got them in different classifications and whatnot. And when we go shopping, she's always looking for the coupon. Amen. You know what, at first I didn't understand all that, but you know she saved me probably into the thousands of dollars over the years cutting coupons. And I'm thankful for that. Whenever we're going to go out to eat, you know, uh, she'll go to the drawer. We've got a drawer there and she opens the drawer up. She, guess what she's looking for? She's looking for coupons. Amen. And so she she's done, that's just one thing she's done that's really been a blessing. She... Uh, looking for good deals. Look at verse 14. She's, she's like a trading ship. Talking about a beautiful woman. She's like a trading ship that sails to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. Did you know you're like a trading ship? Well, I think what that's saying to us is that, you know, she keeps life spicy, you know? You know what I mean? I mean, you, you huh? Industrious. 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 You know, industrious. Well, there's going to be more on industrious later. I want to know like a trading ship that sails to faraway places. I think what it's saying here is bring back exotic surprises is that she's full of surprises. A beautiful woman. It's never going to get dull. Amen? How's that? Is that Okay. Are you all having fun today? I'm not boring you silly, am I? The Word of God's always good, isn't it? We're talking about a beautiful woman. Because, see, so, so many times the emphasis is put on the outward. But that's not where it should be. It should be on the what? The inward. Look at verse 15. She's up before dawn. Okay. How many of you want to be beautiful now to God? She's up before dawn, preparing breakfast for her family and organizing her day. So I think what we need to put emphasis on here is this particular woman got up before dawn. But I'm not saying that you have to get up before dawn to be beautiful to God. But I do say this. You, to be beautiful to God, you have to be preparing your day. And organizing your day. Now this is something that, that, that it, my wife is definitely beautiful to the Lord. Because she's up before dawn. 
prepares breakfast for her family, organizes her day. I tell you what, she's got that one down cold, my, my wife. That is really good. Uh, actually, I've had to make her stay in bed and get some rest because used to be she'd be up five o'clock in the morning and just go, 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 go. And she was wearing herself out. And so I <laughs> make her stay in and rest, you know, but she get up before dawn. Prepares breakfast, organizes her day. My wife is an organizer. Another thing that makes her beautiful to God and beautiful to me, and I'm kind of picking on my wife here in a good way, but this would apply to, I'm sure, many, many ladies in here. But uh, she's very industrious. And I remember one time in, in the house we lived in years ago, it needed to be painted. And I've told this story before, but it bears repetition. And so I was going to paint the, the house. I'm talking the outside of the house. And so... I remember uh, the alarm went off. It was probably five o'clock in the morning and there I am. You know, I haven't woken up quite yet. And and so I remember I say this, you know, just it's just I remember this. And so I wanted to sleep another 10 minutes. And I remember she put her feet on me and rolled me out of bed onto the floor and said, now go out and paint the house. (laughs) And then she laid in, took about another 10, 15 minutes and sleeping, you know, and But I went and painted it. But you know what? She came along by my side and helped me. And we got that thing painted. Praise God. Amen. You don't want me painting your house. I tell you what. But anyway. But notice she's up before dawn preparing breakfast for her family. Organizing her day. That's what a beautiful woman does. Organizing her day. See, let's center in on that organize. God looks for organization. That's what's beautiful to him organization look at verse 16 she looks over a field and buys it then with money she's put aside plants a garden do you see she's industrious real loud say industrious industrious see a beautiful woman to god is not somebody that lays in bed till noon and you know gets up and watches soap operas all afternoon that's not beautiful to god but what's beautiful to God is a woman that will be industrious and, and is looking for good deals. And, and this woman here was a, evidently a businesswoman. And she puts some money aside. She plants a garden. First, th- first thing in the morning, verse 17, she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. See, that's what's, you want to know what's beautiful to God? Right there it is. First thing in the morning, she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. Eager to get started. And uh, don't think that this is just talking about going out and working in the, in the workplace. How many of you know that's fine with God if a woman goes out and works in the workplace? But did you ever figure out that working at home, taking care of the kids is a full-time job? That's a full-time job, isn't it? And that's beautiful to God. First thing in the morning, she dresses for work. She rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. That's what's beautiful to God. Is a woman that's you know, eager to, let's, let's accomplish something. Let's get something done. You know what's really frustrating for a beautiful woman is when she's got to push her husband or pull her husband along because he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. But you know, it's wonderful when you get the man doing what he's supposed to be doing and the woman doing what she's supposed to be doing. Then it's really, you can really get something done. Amen? She rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. Well, that's my wife right there. She's beautiful to God, I'll tell you for sure, just on verse 17. 
She senses the worth of her work. Senses the worth of her work. Is in no hurry to call it quits for the day. And my wife, because she's got that one too. Amen. I remember one time, this was before we got married, and we had worked, uh, we had worked, I don't know, her and I were doing something, and we had, we had worked in the yard or something all day long. And, and it was about 2.30 in the afternoon, and I laid down to, I laid down on the floor, I'll never forget it, I laid down on the floor. And she said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm laying down, I'm tired. She said, it's not, it's only 2.30 in the afternoon, you don't, you, you can take a nap now, it's not bedtime. We've got more work to do. But you know what, looking at that, it's, it's, that attitude in her has caused me to be very blessed over the years. And so that's beautiful to God. She's in no hurry to call it quits for the day. She's skilled in the crafts of home and hearth, diligent in homemaking. Making the home a beautiful place. Making the home a place where the man wants to come, the husband wants to come and be. A beautiful woman to God is a woman that that the husband can't wait to get off work to come home to, 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 to his wife. Verse 20, she's quick to assist anyone in need. Quick to assist anyone in need. Reaches out to help the poor. She doesn't worry about her family when it snows. Their winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear. Why do you think they're mended and ready to wear? Because she took care of it, didn't she? Anybody know what we're talking about here today? What's the title of this? I'm just going slow. I'm giving you time to think. Now notice here, she makes her own clothing, dresses in colorful linens and and silks. That doesn't mean you have to make your own clothing to be beautiful to God, as we said. But I do think that, that there's something I do need to bring out here, that it is important that, you know, we talk about an inner beauty, and that's what God is looking at. But I will say something about the outward. Uh, it is important that all of us, men and women... Uh, do things to groom ourselves as best we can. Amen? Did you hear me? It's called personal hygiene. Anybody ever hear that? You know, they used to have a class in that when I was in school. I don't know if they teach that anymore. I don't think they teach that anymore. Some of the way some of these kids look anymore. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that. Did I just get in trouble there? Okay. But, you know, like washing our hair is important to do, isn't it? Huh? Isn't washing our hair important to do and brushing our teeth and, you know, being sure our clothes are as clean as they can be? And so we're talking about inner beauty. We're talking about inward things. But but let's don't overlook the importance of grooming. Realize, say grooming. You all know what I mean by that? How many of you think it's good to take a shower every once in a while? Is that right? How about once, once, anybody take one once a day? I think that's important if you can do it. Amen. Brush your teeth. So on and so forth. So these are important things. 
you know, keep yourself looking as neat as you can. That's, that's, there is an, an outward thing and we need to, you know, groom ourselves and whatnot. But, but again, God's looking at the inward, not the outward. Uh, where, what verse did we stop on last? What, what was the last? 22? Her hus- 23. Her husband is greatly respected when he deliberates with the city fathers. You know, um, one reason that is, is because these city fathers know this man's wife. And she's respected by them and it causes her husband to be respected because she's so industrious and she's well thought of, you see. She designs gowns, sells them, brings the sweater she knits to the dress shops. There again, I'm not saying you have to be a, a seamstress to be beautiful to God, but you see this woman is industrious. Her clothes are well made and elegant. She always faces her clothes are well made and elegant. Again, what what this is talking about is it's just important to personal hygiene and keeping yourself groomed properly. That that's important. But notice this, and she always faces tomorrow with a what? With a what? With a smile. See, that's beautiful to God when a woman faces tomorrow with a smile. How many of you know? When a woman is always going, we could almost make a song. How many of you know that's not beautiful to God? How many of you know that a woman could have the Miss Universe crown on her head, but she's, what does that mean? She just won Miss Universe, but guess what? She's an old crab apple. How many of you know that's not beautiful to God? Even though she's just won Miss Universe last week, she's, she's not beautiful to God if she's... Does, do you all know what I mean? How many of you know what I mean? She always faces tomorrow with a smile. So is a smile important to be beautiful to God? Yeah. Is a good attitude important? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've already had it over the years where, where, you know, you've had folks in, in the church over the many years where, you know, if you looked at them outwardly, you'd say, well, yeah, they're, they're very pretty. They're very beautiful. But they'd go out, they'd get in their car and with their husband or whoever it might be driving home. Well, you know what? I didn't like that church service today. You know, I didn't like his pink shirt. You know, you got to be a man to wear pink. You understand? They didn't like his pink shirt. I didn't like this. It was too hot in there. It was too cold in there. I didn't like it. You know, it was boring. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't tell any jokes or he just read us the word. You ought to be glad you come to a church and you can leave and say, well, you know, all he did was read us the word of God. You ought to be grateful for that. Amen. You, you don't want to come to a church where all I'm doing is trying to entertain you. Did you hear me? Well, I'm not going back there. He didn't entertain us. I've already had women and men too, but we're talking about women today, do that. And you know what? That's not beautiful to God. Say amen. What's beautiful to God is, 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 is a woman that's interested in the word of God, the things of God, and they're always looking at, at, at the positive side of things. They're, 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 they've got a smile on their face. They're facing tomorrow with a smile. That's what's beautiful to God. Somebody say amen. And just a few more verses. When she speaks, this is verse 26, when a beautiful woman we're talking about here, when she speaks, 
she has something worthwhile to say. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say. And she always says it how? Kindly. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say. So is gossip worthwhile? Is backbiting worthwhile? Is crabbing and complaining worthwhile? No. So if you have a woman that is crabbing, complaining, gossiping, backbiting, fault finding, that's not beautiful to God. Even though she might have won the beauty contest, you know, she might be the Miss St. Louis, you know what I'm saying? Or Miss Missouri. But if she's crabbing and complaining, she's not beautiful to God. Amen. And she always says it how? Kindly. She keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Wow. She keeps an eye on everyone in her household. My wife's beautiful. She keeps an eye on me. And the chocolate chip cookies I eat and... Now, I learned how to do that years ago when I was, and I've lost about 40 pounds and, and I'm doing better, so she doesn't have to watch me now. But it used to be like when she'd make the brownies, you know, and I thought I was fooling her because what I'd do is I'd get my knife and I'd just shave off just about that much. But I'd shave it all the way down. You see what I'm saying? And then I'd shave like a cake, I'd, a, a, a layer cake, you know, just a flat cake, one level. And then I'd shave it off the other side, and I, I thought I was fooling her, but I was never... I mean, this woman can smell chocolate on my breath at 100 yards. You need to understand that. God gave her a good sniffer. And she, she can smell things that you wouldn't imagine, but she can smell chocolate on my breath. None, none, better than smelling booze, I guess, Amen. I guess the chocolate can kill you too if you eat too much of it. But she keeps an eye on me. She's beautiful to God. But, but you know, I'm joking there, but she keeps an eye on me in a good way. She's looking out for me. That's beautiful to God. And she keeps me busy and productive. Amen. She, she does that. I don't ever say around my wife, I don't have much to do because she'll always find something for me to do. And, you know, I say that jokingly. It's the truth, though. God bless her. That's the truth. Uh, oh, she's pretty to God. She is beautiful. She keeps me busy. I say that jokingly, but you know what? I needed her. I needed her. I needed her. See, I'm a, I'm a good talker. Let me say it this other way. I can, I can, I can seek the Lord and I can find out what He wants me to do. I can do that pretty good, but I'm just not good at carrying it out. I need somebody by my side behind me saying, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And that's my wife. If it wasn't for her, none of this would have, there would have never been a summit church. I'd have had the vision from God, but it would have never been accomplished. I remember when the Lord said to me, spoke to my heart at 591 Summit Hills Drive right here in Fenton. And he said, he said to my heart, he said, rent a room, go down to the school, Summit, Summit High School, rent a room and teach my word. And uh, so I had that. But you know what? 
If it wasn't for my wife, we still would have never done it. Because you know what she did? She went and called the school up and rented a room and put it on the calendar. See, I wouldn't have done that. I'd still be talking about it. I'd still be dreaming about it. But you see, God gave her to me. That She's a beautiful woman. And, and he put her by my side to lovingly, you know, push me on to do what we're supposed to do. That's beautiful to God. And I joke about it sometimes about, you know, she's always finding stuff for me to do. But you know what? I'm so thankful for, for her because if it wasn't for her, you know, I would have accomplished very little in my life. So I'm grateful to her. And uh, so she's very beautiful to the Lord and very beautiful to me. So she keeps an eye on everyone in her household, keeps them busy and productive. Verse 28, her children respect and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. So I've joined in with some words of praise here. Many women have done wonderful things, but you've outclassed them all. And so I would chime in there is that many of the women in here that I know, you know, you've done wonderful things. But, you know, I mean, you'd want me to put my wife at the top of my list, wouldn't you? And you ought to put your wife at the top of your list. Amen. Many women have done wonderful things. But you've outclassed them all. Look at this. 30, verse 30 is a good one. You young boys, you need to listen to this. Men, listen to this. Ladies, you can listen too. But look at this. Verse 30. Charm can what? Charm can mislead. And beauty, this is talking about outer beauty, soon what? Charm can mislead. And outward, this is talking about outward beauty, soon what? Fades. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Amen? Charm can mislead. And beauty soon fades. That's why we tell folks, you know, we, we, we advise, let's say it that way. We advise folks, you know, when they're looking at getting married, you know, have a, at least a two-year courtship. Because so, so many times people fall in love with the outward appearance of, of the, you know, the one they're looking to marry. And they like the outward appearance and all of that. But char- and they're so charming. But charm can what? Mislead and beauty soon fades. If you go out with somebody for at least two years. Now more if you, if you the longer the better I suppose. But... You know, in two years, if you just go out with somebody for two weeks or two months, you know, you can keep your best foot forward for that long, right? You don't want to fall in love with somebody's best foot and marry, is that right? How many of you know you'd want to see the whole deal, is that right? And in two years, you pretty well get to see that. But that's just the number that we came up with, two years, whatever. But nonetheless, get to know the person because charm can mislead and beauty soon fades. The woman to be admired, the beautiful woman to God is not the one that's charming and so outward, you know, what we'd call outward beautiful. But the beautiful woman to God is to be admired is the one that that is, is, is a God-fearing woman. Amen? Now look at verse 31 and we'll close. Give her everything she deserves. And now, what is that next word? If they put it up there. Is there another? 
There is nothing else on verse 31. Give her everything she deserves. You don't have anything else on verse 31? Does anybody have a message Bible? You have a message? What is that next word? What? F-E-S-T-O-O-N. Real loud, say festoon. I don't know why that ruined my whole message. That was supposed to be up there. Well, that's why I guess you can't trust the message Bible. It's a paraphrase. We understand that. Oh, well, real loud, say festoon. Well, that's if you go buy a message Bible, it'll say it. Now, if you get a computer one like this, it doesn't. That's what, now, that's a good reason you need to bring your own Bibles with you. Amen? Now, festoon is in the message Bible. That's, at least it's in the message, not on that. But nonetheless, fest, how many of you know what festoon means? Ain't nobody knows what that means. I don't know what that means. I didn't know what it means. But you know what? The message Bible says festoon her life with praises. Does anybody know what festoon, what does it mean? Celebrator. Celebrator. Thank you. Celebrate her life with praises. And And that's right. It means that. And it also means this, to adorn that blasted thing that ruined my whole thing. Because you were going to laugh at that, because nobody knows what festoon, except Bill. He knows what it does. Huh? Yeah, but that don't say festoon. All right, real loud, say festoon. Go home, look that up in the dictionary, but one of the things it means is to adorn her as with a wreath of flowers. Festoon her life with praises. All right, bring those up here, Dale. Honey, come here. So I've been fest. I'm going to festoon you. Here, come up here and stand. Now, honey, I'm going to festoon you. Amen. I'm festooning you. I'm festooning you. See, that says festoon. But here, my wife is is uh, you know in a church. You know how many of you know God's our Father? Is that right? But, but the pastor would be like, you know, like a spiritual father, you know, to the church. And his wife would be like a spiritual mother. And so I'll tell you this much, you guys. You've got the best spiritual mother that you could ever, ever want in a million years. She, why don't you go ahead and give her a real big... Why don't you stand up and give her... She deserves a standing ovation. Give her a standing festoon. So, honey, this is my present to you for Mother's Day. And it's it's not just from me, but it's from all these nice people out here that we love you, we honor you, we respect you. And you're so beautiful outwardly, but your true beauty is on the inside. And so you are a beautiful woman, and God thinks you're beautiful, and so do we. So happy Mother's Day. Thanks for being a good spiritual mom to this church. God bless you. We honor you. And you are festooned. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> All right. Amen. Okay. Praise God. Hey, look. She, look what she left me. She left me one of these. I put this on a petunia. I look like Ernest Angeli. Praise God. You don't know who he is. So. <laughs> All right. Praise God. <laughs> don't you feel sorry for most people they don't they don't know 
They don't know. You all don't know. Do you all know who the Lone Ranger is? Okay, all right. Okay. All right. Well, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I'm going to invite you to get to know him before you leave today. You know, we've been talking about honoring moms and all, but, but you know, and that's good. But there is a heaven above and there is a hell beneath. And, and the way to miss hell and make heaven is to be sure that you've invited, with, with, you've repented of your sins, you've turned away from your sins, and you've asked Jesus into your heart. So if you're here today and you've never done that, when we dismiss, come up forward, talk to one of these nice men and women, and say, hey, introduce me to Jesus, and they'll do it. And you'll be glad you did. Well, Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. And we trust that today has been a a blessing as we've just read the word of God. And we're thankful for all the beautiful women that are here today. Beautiful in your sight. Beautiful to us. We thank you for it. And may everyone have a blessed, blessed Mother's Day. And a blessed rest of the day. God bless you all. You're good people. We love you. And go and rejoice. And we'll see you next time. You're dismissed. God bless you.